0: For listening to Overcoming the Narcissist. This podcast has been created by a narcissist journaling the pursuit of a more fulfilling life. This podcast may upset some, depending how narcissism has affected you. Please understand these are random thoughts, spoken rather than written, shared rather than hidden. We hope the podcast does inspire other narcissists to realize there is treatment, if wanted, but it is a difficult road. We hope to help you understand narcissism has different levels and what an individual who's become aware of their narcissism goes through when attempting to overcome. This podcast is not meant to diagnose narcissism. This podcast is from an individual trying to overcome narcissism, but by no means is an expert. If you feel you are a victim of a narcissist or may suffer from narcissism, I ask that you reach out to a health professional for proper treatment and diagnosis. I've had an interesting journey doing this podcast. By no means are we at the end. But I've taken some time to reflect back on episodes of Overcoming My Narcissism. And a lot of those episodes seem to deal with me and my past. And an X for my past. It's almost like whining about the relationship and attempting to rekindle that relationship. I have an attachment to that person. I feel bad that relationship ended. On the other hand, I am glad that relationship ended, and it ended in the way that it did. Because that relationship created the trauma that allowed me to figure out my narcissism. I had lived 47 years at that point and not being aware of my NPD. It took that break and that separation to become aware of the person I was. I am not the worst and was not the worst narcissist in the world. There are many levels of this disease and how it's treated. Personally, I think I've always had a touch of empathy. I just didn't know how to communicate and can pass that empathy on, and do it in a correct, socially acceptable standard. I did feel self-entitled, and so on, as, as documented in a previous episode, the article. It feels odd to say, but I'm actually happy that breakup happened. It was, and has been rough, and just recently, I've really begun to deal with it, begun to put it behind me. I still have a couple of items that I want to return. The delay is figuring out how to return them because I realize that partner had went no contact and has chosen to remain no contact. We've only crossed paths once or twice since my last temper tantrum breakdown instance with her and myself entitled asshole self. Why I want to try to explain what's happened and progressed, I don't think, and I, well, actually, I'm pretty sure she doesn't want to know that. I went from basically a multi-page letter to two short paragraphs to return this. Uh, my therapist has challenged me to figure out how to return these items, and they're basically a collection of photographs, um, about 33, 35 gigabytes of photographs. Uh, that were taken over the course of our relationship and actually include some of her daughter when her daughter was a newborn well before our relationship. I'm still working on it but like I was saying my therapist has challenged me to figure out how to return that without saying a word without letting her know it's me. It's obvious it's gonna be me so I have to figure out and basically get myself in that mindset and hopefully I can progress on. Which, for me, is a big step. I've been in many relationships, as I've said before. And when they've ended, I've immediately went and jumped into another relationship. And usually when that relationship starts, the last person quickly goes out of my mind. I just somehow became aware, while I was still in that grieving stage over the relationship, of what I had done, what I had caused. And, basically, I'm going to thank her... For ending the relationship the way she did, trying to continue as friends, but eventually learning that I became an insufferable asshole and was never going to listen and never going to improve, so she flat walked out of my life. It's rough, but it's put me here. It's put me on this road to, I want to say recovery, but honestly, I don't think you can recover from narcissism. I think you learn to manage the symptoms. I think you learn to manage the instances, my current homework for my therapist, as I've said before, my therapist gives me kind of homework every week, is to journal my narcissistic episodes when I feel narcissism is impacting my life on a day-to-day basis. And also, my struggle with, is my decision or is that narcissism affecting choices that I'm making? And am I now making choices because I don't want to be a narcissist when they're, when it's actually the incorrect choice. Before, I always made choices, and they always were self-serving. I was the best. I was wonderful. Now, when it's a self-serving choice, it really bothers me, and it makes me think. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I've said before, my current partner, for some amazing reason, has stood by me in this. And the last few weeks have been extremely difficult with health problems, uh, kind of the end of the COVID lockdown, re-entering society, some unexpected job changes, which have turned out potentially for the better. It's just been a stressful couple of months, and I've detected my narcissism being more and more present. It's been quiet. I haven't brought it up to anybody, but it's me planning my life, with no regards to those around me. Um, I've talked to some about ideas and plans, and to be honest, exit plans from the relationship if the relationship went that way. It's really difficult because I do love this person. I do care for this person. There are health issues, really, for both of us in this relationship that we both knew within minutes of meeting each other. We were both very upfront about our diseases, not my NPD, because I wasn't aware of it at the time, but other diseases that I have. And by no means do I ever intend to end this relationship because of health problems or deterioration of health in either one of us, because we were aware of it, and that's not something we can control. If the relationship ends, it's because of these outside factors. I am not the same person that sat down at that dinner table a few years ago with a person and engaged in, you know, that spark, that excitement of an early romance. And over the years, of course, we've settled down and that instant spark had went away. There's uh, other things, but we still enjoy each other's company. But like I said, I'm not the same person. I am not working for who I was at the time. I am not earning as much money as I was at the time. I am not the asshole self-confident prick that I was when we started dating. She's had her changes too. I definitely feel my changes are much more drastic. um, Because to be honest, I'm really trying to reinvent myself. I thank her for sticking it out, being there. So yes, as I said in the beginning, this podcast has been a lot about me trying to find myself, putting a past relationship in the past and coming to terms with how it ended, trying to find a place for my current relationship and how to help that current relationship as I change and I grow. It just, in the intro to this episode, it does talk about the narcissistic struggles and that it is not an easy disorder condition, disease, however you want to classify it, to overcome. said You cannot cure this. There is no medicine to make this better. I have to retrain myself to learn thoughts, actions, and processes that I should have learned between 8 and 12 years old. I've done more research, and I've always said that television affected my narcissism, but I've also learned that there's a couple development stages that because of my life and my youth I did miss and those are the points in my life where I would have developed empathy and probably strong bonds it was interesting uh, a week ago or so we were watching or I walked into the room and she was watching some old movies old movies being the American Pie series and I don't know why she was watching them in reverse but American Pie wedding or marriage or whatever it was, where the one where Jason Biggs and Alice Hannigan are getting married. And he takes a moment and he gathers all his groomsmen and talks about how great of friends they are. And I said to my partner, who we are technically engaged, but I think both of us have determined that marriage is not right for either one of us, especially at this point in our lives. But we're very committed to each other. But I said, you know, if we got married, there is not one person in my life that is close enough that I have such a bond with that I feel would be a best man or a groomsman. And it was kind of a disturbing fact to me. She even said to me, she goes, you know, that's not good. Uh, but it's the honest truth. I have friends. I have people I might ask to stand up with me. But I don't have anybody that I have that multi-year tight friendship bond I've been close with people in the past, but I've always blown it. Heck, I've blown it over a couple hundred bucks for some people. I've blown it, uh, I don't want to say, just over the stupidest things, over a bar tap. Uh, these close friendships, I just discard. because ah, I'll go find another one. There's a regret. There's a problem. I have to learn to fix it. I also pointed out that for my first marriage at my wedding at this point, would have been 23, 24 years ago. 24 years ago, actually, because next year would be my 25th wedding anniversary. And it does feel bad or feel interesting going, dang, if I wouldn't have done what I did in the early 2000s, I could be celebrating my 25th wedding anniversary. And there is a part of me that wishes that. I mean, I've learned over the years that, My relationships have ended because of me, and if I would have been aware of any of my problems, I could still be married to the, you know, woman I fell in love with in the late 80s, married in the mid-90s, divorced around 2010. But at our wedding in 1997, I didn't, I mean, we had a very casual wedding. It was very fun. It's so unique. I can't describe it much, but But put it this way, adjacent to the hall that we got married in was a bowling alley and we rented out the bowling alley. And instead of having dancing and stuff after our wedding, we had bowling. It was that casual. But the interesting thing is my ex-wife, my bride at that wedding, had friends getting married in a hall adjacent to us. And people from that wedding party came over to join our wedding party, Bowling. And it was just a very interesting personality dy- dynamic to watch, even in my infancy of my narcissism or in that point in my 20s. However, I saw it, It was in, like I said, it was odd because people that would never speak. There was a guy, I was working at a gas station at the time, and one of our mechanics is bowling with this multimillionaire architect. And they would have never at a traditional wedding spoke or whatever, but they were having a great time and having a beer. How many weddings have you ever been to that really two different wedding parties end up joining? I'm sure it drove the other couple crazy that their party was joining our party. But I digress. And my point is, five minutes before the wedding, well, I'll take such a person, female, best friends with my Fiancee at the time, right in a few minutes. And that'll be my best man. So I had a woman stand up with me as my best man, who was best friends with my wife, or ex-wife. And I had only known for three or four years. Because even at that time, I didn't really have anybody to pull from. My high school friends were disconnected from me. I had been working and kind of going to school. I don't even remember if I invited classmates to this. I invited some co-workers, and it was a very small wedding. We were very poor at the time. I think we did the whole ceremony and the whole event for less than five figures or right at five figures. But it was fun. We realized it was going to be the last kind of party hurrah. It was right before we moved cross-country for my school. But we had a good time. That's what I thought. That's what I've actually thought for 24 years until I'm watching American Pie and maybe I should have went to band camp and learned how to be a friend. Insert joke. I don't know, but it puts some things in perspective that I really have to work on some friendships. And that's something my therapist and I talked about months ago. And she's she knows. And my therapist being female, knows how i think i work a little bit and it takes me a while to process things and figure out things and i've always been able to be friends with women easier than men i don't know why that's something we're beginning to explore it's really a topic that came up during our last session also but i've reached out to some of the women in my past that I have been acquaintance with and have been friends with, but not close. But I'm trying to build up some relationships there. And I'm working on figuring out which men in my life do I want to build up friendships with. I know there's one or two. COVID obviously hasn't helped with that. But I think, to be honest, I can take the advantage of this reentering the world for everybody to maybe start reaching out and since nobody has that same dynamic they had before that we went motorcycle riding on Sundays or we went bowling on Tuesdays or we went dancing on Fridays, all those habits have been broken. And yeah, everybody's going to want to jump back into them, but there gives room for, and it's self-centered and it's narcissistic because I'm thinking it's me, but I think it gives opportunity for me to reach out to these people And try to build these relationships, try to fit in. Yeah. The podcast in itself is a narcissistic endeavor. And heck, even the direction of the podcast is a narcissistic endeavor because I look at this even from a narcissist point of view as, and really it again was my current girlfriend, fiance that brought, made me aware of this. That my outlook on the recovery from narcissism is from a narcissist point of view. It's from a self-centered point of view that narcissists, or that this narcissist thinks that all narcissists can be better, which is kind of narcissistic, but there is a hope there, and I will argue it all day long that I think it's just as bad as, and very similar to addictions. I do realize some of you listening may be victims of a narcissist. And I do realize some narcissists are much crueler than me. I do realize there is a lot of physical abuse in some narcissistic relationships. I do realize some narcissistic relationships have ended, unfortunately, in severe injury or even death because of the narcissist and them not having compassion or caring for the other. And those are extreme conditions. And I do have some empathy and understanding for that, I'm working on it. As, again, girlfriend, fiance explained to me that because I don't totally connect with empathy yet and an understanding, I still have the belief that narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder is along the lines of alcoholism or drug addiction in that these are all conditions that have been brought upon by something that happened in our youth normally and has affected us into life. And we forgive alcoholics and drug abusers, uh, substance abusers, if they undergo treatment and start working to be better. But we don't do that with narcissists. And her argument to me, and I understand her argument, and I'm saying this because I want some listener feedback on this, is that, how do I want to say it? narcissism's worse because of the things that I've outlined before the abuse the you know potential of death and beatings and just the absolute mental cruelty and that's where I am as a narcissist, just absolute mental cruelty and that's why I feel so bad for my previous relationship that's caused me to go down this path but to me alcoholics and substance abusers have done the same thing there are alcoholics that have killed people in an alcoholic rage and being drunk. Some people, and in, in when it comes to narcotics, and in a drug high, that you know, there's abuse that goes on there. There's murders, there's tortures, whatever you want to say. But those people can be forgiven if they work on it, and they slip back. And you know, a famous podcaster, actor, has come out and said, "Hey, he he slipped," but it's realizing the problem and that's where my thinking is with narcissism maybe it's wrong maybe she's right that she being fiancee girlfriend that narcissism's horrible i mean she puts narcissism up there on the same level as pedophilia and it really is right now if the the way people believe narcissism. I mean, there's a good understanding of what pedophilia is, but people don't understand narcissism. There's a lot of people that think they've been in a narcissistic relationship that haven't. A lot of people blame their partners of being narcissistic. I've said before, I used to joke and literally up until the the day I was diagnosed, I used, I joked that the reason I don't have children myself is I'm too narcissistic. I don't care about the kids. I'm too self-centered. What I work for, I want to be mine. And then ironically, current relationship and my past relationship both involve children. I absolutely adore the children in both relationships. Previous relationship, my girlfriend had a daughter, and I would do anything for her. And I'll be honest, I was looking forward to being the father when... She turned 16 and 17 years old, which is the age roughly she is now. And being that intimidating dad sitting on the front porch, quote, with a shotgun, you know, um, harassing her boyfriends. I was really looking forward to that. I was looking forward to her drive. The relationship I'm in now is two boys. And again, as I said earlier, I've always been able to connect more with women. I don't know why. I have suspicions. Uh, we might get into that into a later episode. Why I'm get better, you know, along with women better, or I can connect better. But I've had a tr- I've had a struggle connecting with the boys in this relationship. One's the exact same age as the daughter in the previous relationship, and one is just entering his teens. And of course, which is a interesting time for any any boy, and. I laugh about it. I joke about it. I know I'm hard as hell on him about it. That goes to my upbringing and beliefs and what I was expected to do. And I get a lot of pushback, rightfully so, because why I think I had the greatest childhood in the world. I'm sitting here on a podcast, dribbling on for 20 minutes here, talking about my narcissism. We'll see how this goes. This has kind of been a long one for me. It's been a while since we've talked. I'm trying to get a little bit more regular on this. But again, like I said, or I've said through the podcast, these are journals. These are when I have thoughts and I've put things together in my head. Instead of writing them, I'm speaking them. And I'm presenting them. And I'm putting them out there for everybody to see. Because honestly, they do help me as I go back and edit these, as I go back and listen to them. As I get people sending me emails at overcomingmynarcissism at gmail.com or going to the website at overcomingmynarcissism.com and giving me some feedback in those messages because it makes me rethink. And I can't tell you how many times some of the early episodes i have caused me to rethink and rethink and even change some of my beliefs and views. Some of the things I've said before, I don't necessarily believe today. And I think that's a progression. And I think you'll hear that as the podcast goes on. This is kind of a turning point episode for me. Uh, Like I said, it's a little bit longer. It's a little bit bare, bare bones. And I'm kind of confronting the fact the podcast is narcissistic. And a lot of my beliefs and what I'm preaching is from a narcissist point of view. I do thank you for listening. I do apologize and hope you understand if you're a victim of narcissism and have sat through this podcast. And you are fuming and steaming at me for what I'm saying. If you are a narcissist and you've listened to this, it is difficult. It is hard. But if the fact you're listening to this means you're becoming aware of your narcissism and you're wanting to do something, don't be afraid. Reach out, find a therapist. They're not that expensive. You know, if you have great insurance, they're they're great. If you don't have a lot of money or you don't have insurance, there is help out there. Reach out to me if you have to. And we don't have to identify each other. You know, just tell me, hey, you know, I'd love to find a therapist, but I can't afford one. And I'm in Spokane, Washington, or, you know, I'm in Missoula, Minnesota. And I promise you, I'll spend some time and help you research it. It's me giving back because, frankly, no woman or man should have to suffer the abuse of a narcissist, whether it be physical or mental. And I want to help and I want to give back. I have 47 years. I claim my narcissism, I think, really developed in my teenage years, so we'll go with, I have 30 years of narcissism to make up for. I've hurt a lot of people in my past, and I think even becoming aware of this is hurting some people from my past who've discovered this podcast because they're having to relive some of those thoughts. I've really droned on quite a while on this one. I think we're approaching the half hour mark. Again, please, if you have questions, information, thoughts, statements, um, telling me I'm a quack, telling me thank you for help, whatever it is, I say email is overcomingmynarcissism at gmail.com. The website is overcomingmynarcissism.com. And all the episode links are there. But thank you for sitting down with me today and listening to me, and I look forward to talking to you next time.